Hello and welcome to my Clean of Anchors Grand Podcast, a weekly podcast where we talk about everything that's wrong with the world and whinge about stuff like a couple of old Ramonas from England. <laughs> my name's Michael Forrest. And I'm Ivanka Magic. And this week we're going to talk about the right to repair movement, the idea that perhaps we should stop having you know, this addiction to disposable hardware of us and also corporations who would rather sell us something sealed off and wrapped up that expires after two years and then we have to buy another one for like hundreds of pounds again or thousands of pounds depending on what it is. The business practices around that and why this needs to change. Having at one time supported my student income by repairing things and slowly watching the demise of the repairable home electronics product uh, is something that's been going around for a little while. Special props to Lewis Rosman, who has been very vocal on YouTube. He loves criticising Apple from a position of knowing an awful lot about the insides of their products. So, um, let's go. How's it going? It's going very busily, actually. The Brighton Restaurant Awards vote online, known as the Bravos, launch on the the Bravos will be launching on the third of February, which makes me very busy. Can people uh, vote on starting on the third of February? Starting on the third of February, people can vote for their favourite cafes, pubs, restaurants in Brighton in sixteen categories. And that's Brighton. That is Brighton. A little bit of Sussex, but mostly Brighton. Uh, Wonderful. So, so yes, it's a lovely... Po- it is a, I, I do like it because it's a very positive thing. And a lot of the smaller businesses that have won things or featured highly in things have absolutely remarked on the fact that they get more customers because of it. So that's nice. But mm. there's an awful lot of work of putting people on websites and trying to find photos that aren't too depressing. <laughs> so, uh, so, yes, so it's busy, busy, busy. And also we are, I am, I cannot tell you how much in a old lady sort of a way I'm enjoying watching the birds in my bird baths in my garden. You're a pervert. It is such a relaxing, <laughs> joyful thing. I cannot recommend it highly enough. There you go. Sounds good. That is, that's right. What about you, Michael? How are you doing? I'm doing well. I, I published my I published a big blog post sort of thing about all my activities for the last six months. Uncovered some patterns. I've refined my behaviours as a result. I will link it in the description. Go and look at the description of this podcast. I always make an effort with it. Um, go and look at that. It's just basically I've detailed every hour I've spent in the last six months and shown what project. And it's just uh, like helped me realise I am but one man. And whenever I'm working on one thing, I'm not working on anything else. And so also it's helped me kind of go, right, I need to stop having a million possibilities in front of myself. I've just got a new workflow which is one thing just the next thing that's all I'm looking at and so I just focus on that and do it and um, alongside that I've been uh, streaming all my work now on Twitch 
also a link below if you want to just watch me program you can wow. um uh which um has i finally unlocked monetization for that last week and i've already got seven dollars fifty a month coming in wow i did and notice your link on facebook to say that hmm. if i'm a prime customer i can just hook up and then you magically get some money yeah. Yeah, if you've got Amazon Prime and you connect to Twitch, because Amazon bought Twitch, like they, they've got this thing where like you get one free subscription that you can use on a streamer. So if you want to use that on me, you don't have to actually go on Twitch or anything. You can just well, you can just go on, connect your Amazon Prime, and then if you click just sub subscribe to my channel, then I get two dollars fifty a month, and you don't have to don't have to do nothing. And that means I get some of my Amazon Prime subscription just comes back to you. Exactly. So wouldn't Plus, that be lovely? That be so lovely. that's um, that's the main two things. Also, we went to RuPaul's Drag Con last weekend. Oh, yeah. Which was, um, well, it started bad. We were in a queue in sort of like pretty freezing temperatures for the best part of two hours in the end. Uh. After like like an hour and a half of queuing we were sort of like it hadn't moved for ages and then security started coming down going up oh, sorry it's one in one out now which understandably considering how much we paid for tickets made us a little cross given that there seemed to be that people were tweeting around like there's three thousand people not getting let in because they've oversold the tickets and ch chance of refund 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 <laughs> like um and so but then strangely all of a sudden we the queue kind of surged and we were in and we were in there and it was it was what you'd expect it was a sort of show so it was all booths where you can queue up for half an hour to have your picture taken with one of your favorite queens um but right, as soon as we walked in hey it's Mich michelle visage and then walk a bit for hey it's bob the drag queen oh my god and then like and then we saw rue had a booth and it was like ah she won't be there and then it was like she was there all afternoon signing things i've got a picture of her from her him sorry i always forget she was in it was man rue so him he was just there signing stuff smiling being enigmatic and charismatic and i've got like a picture from this far away and then we went back home and watched the rest of that series <laughs> it was like the same person from off the tv um anyway yeah so bag of chips blue hydrangea um, even saw Adore, oh. like Adore Delano is someone I would have queued up to have a photo taken with, but didn't seem to actually have a booth. But we sort of saw from above. A mildly depressing situation in some ways, but also just terribly exciting. We got to see the live, a bit of a Trump Thatcher drag live TNT wow. uh, music factory, they're calling it. Um, but yeah, great. <laughs> I was excited. <laughs> you silly i'm uh i was excited about your big giant blog post which yeah. then that and a tweet come gave me the encouragement to write my own trump anniversary blog post hmm. which uh you know i wrote very good shared. Uh, it's it down a, in the links go and have a read of the links trump blog post it's one good out we've often talked about this blog post being like the precursor to something <laughs> so it's like mm. the, this is the thinking time and then you go off with the conclusions or the conclusions come mm. afterwards i think writing that blog that that post uh let's call it an essay was 
made much easier because lots of the thoughts instead of them being all scrambled in my head because mm. we talked lots of it was things we talked about it all yeah. kind of flowed out relatively easily to be honest well maybe um, um now that people are asking for a book of the podcast <laughs> see what i did there um maybe it's like maybe we should do maybe like a time. little book because i really like the the writing of that post maybe it's like maybe we could like start collecting some essays we could yes. like have a few little essays on some of the different subjects if we sort of and maybe we can collect like you know 20 of them yeah one uh you self-publish a vanity self -publish. book <laughs> i don't know like, if we do it if yeah, we do a nice job like you know maybe send it out see if anyone is interested why not yeah, why not to repair right to repair right to repair why is nothing repairable anymore what that where, where do we start on this um i remember back when i got my first macbook pro i was mm. quite impressed by how they seem to have made it really sort of pleasant to replace the battery the hard drive the ram i thought there's other stuff that maybe I think is a bit more niche that anyone's going to want to replace that. But I really appreciate that they've made it quite easy to 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 change that. But then, of course, over the years, they have slowly eroded that to the point, like especially with that with the release of the Mac Pro, which is a so-called professional computer that literally does not take any standard components that you know the dustbin thing, and then subsequent MacBook Pros, which have just oh we're making it thinner. At what cost? You can't change the battery, which is a consumable item, which dies after a while. You can't change the RAM. You can't change the SSD. Like, you can't replace anything on a MacBook Pro anymore, really, no. without either spending ludicrous amounts of money. Because there was always that you could get the RAM upgrade for, like, £400, but if you just mm. bought it yourself, you could do it for, like, 80 So that's what I always used to do. And it was really easy to change it. So, But now you've only got that £400 option or you're kind of voiding your warranty. And as time has progressed, they've started... Well, they've got these... Um, I'm just going to talk about Apple for a bit. I hope that's okay. Yeah, yeah. Just that's quite care. okay, yeah. They've, they've actually got, like, this the security chip on the latest MacBook Pros basically can brick a MacBook Pro that has been, had an unauthorized repair. And the only way you can, you have to do something with that chip in order to be able to kind of, like, replace a component and things like that. Um, ostensibly, like, the reason for this, and like Lewis Rosman, I'll link to the video where Lewis Rosman talks about this, but he says, like, he used to just be able to change stuff and it was fine. The reason, in Apple's defense, one of the reasons that they have instituted this is because there was a trend, there was a lot, there was this scam that people were pulling where they would buy a MacBook Pro or a handful of MacBook Pros from the Apple store, take it home, switch all the high quality components out for shitty components, take them back to, the, like, return them to the Apple store, get the refund, and then the person that bought the computer 
would have this slightly shitty computer and then they would blame that on Apple. And so Apple wanted to protect against really? that. Yeah. So and this is one of the things that happens if you do have a product that costs thousands and thousands of pounds as well. Like, yeah, yeah, but like, how big a problem was that? Apparently big cute. enough to institute this thing. But let's face it. It's also because they want more ways of controlling that flow of that, that, that repair cycle. And um, now, like, you have to have some special bit of uh, software to reprogram this chip in order to be able to, as an independent person, upgrade it without it just basically bricking the machine. I think that's right. Um, meanwhile, they have sort of technically opened up a repair program for like more third party repairs because there's all this stuff going on in congress i think like where there's this there's this right to repair lobby like happening that that you know apple are, like defending and different companies are defending and the reason we focus the reason lewis focuses on apple is because everyone kind of copies what apple does yeah yeah so yeah. apple have to be doing the right thing or like it's like there's this you know there's that sort of tale of everyone basically kind of following apple um, and yeah. apple have kind of turned this whole market into sealed off devices that you can't repair and they're thinner and thinner and they're less and less repairable. Um, Apple technically did open up this repair thing, but, you know, Lewis did read out this whole email chain where it had taken months and months and months for this person to get onto this program. And then once they're on, basically, it's laughably like devoid of anything useful it's you're kind of stuck with it like whereas a repair shop that knows what it's doing can change your battery or screen in like while you wait yeah apple's kind of policies tend to mean that you're going to wait a week and who's going to wait a week for a phone, for a phone. like how, who, in what reality is that something anyone wants to do mm. um so like absolutely like the restrictions and the and and like you can order like a battery and you have to order the battery and wait for it like, like you can't just buy the components. And Lewis has been stopped, like, importing the components that he needs to upgrade things. And basically, Apple is sort of, like, vaguely trying to allude to the fact that they're trying to make things more repairable. But in practice, they've just been they're down this line of they seem to want everything to be impossible to repair. See, I took a photo. I make a point, uh, like, with my Apple phone, the last phone that the battery went really rubbish on. I went into my local store because they claimed that they have their own battery replacement service. I've done it a couple of times, but I always end up walking out with a new phone, <laughs> a replacement phone, because they right. go, oh, we tried to change the battery and it didn't work. And you're like, did you know? <laughs> How hard did you try? <laughs> when you say try, what do you mean by try? <laughs> you walked the phone downstairs and went to pick up a new phone. I mean, it feels nice, doesn't it? You know, like I've taken in a three-year-old phone and I've walked out with a brand new version of that phone. But Yeah, who doesn't love new it's stuff? It's not the point. <laughs> but it's really not the point. And, um, no. Repairability, um, fair phone, we, we, there, there needs to be... Because, like, actually, this is the other great thing about Lewis is, like, he just shows you, like, Apple will... He's got this big microscope thing. He shows you, look, usually if the screen is not, not turning on, the backlight connection is bad. Let's put it under the microscope. Here is a burnt-out backlight connection with shit all over it, right? Yeah. <laughs> and he proceeds to clean it off and, like, replace the connector. My customer took this to the Apple store and they told him it was going to be £400 or, like, no... Twelve hundred dollars or whatever yeah, to replace yeah. the logic board to repair to make this repair because the backlight wasn't coming on. But the, you but just the, have yeah. to look at it, like to know that you know to fix it. 
So in my little TV repair shop that I used to work in, uh, we a lot of old tellies with the cathode ray tube tellies. The, honestly, 90% of the problems were down to the solder failing on the board. So the telly would come in and go, oh, it doesn't do this. And you'd go to the, you'd, you know, turn up the, turn the, 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 the PCB over and it would be all these cracked joints, cracked solder joints. You'd re-solder them. And I swear to you, nine times out of ten, that fixed the telly. Mm. And then occasionally there'd be like, you know, buttons break. It was a lot, lot of the old video machines were very mechanical as well. It was cogs, it was belts, it was stuff that you could physically just see and fix. Of course, then... If it was a telly, you know, like you'd get actual components failing like a capacitor or mm. um, and Mike, who I work with, was one of these like a repair, an electronics genius. He seemed to understand how electronics worked. Mm. Like he used, I think it was almost like he felt it. Mm. So he'd go, oh, and plus he'd been doing it since he was three. So he'd just look yeah. at the telly and go, oh, that'll be that capacitor on that bit of the board. Just do that one. Okay, yeah. and then... And I worked with him probably three or four years. And mm. over the time, then, you know, these more flatter, fancier LCD, you know, like fancier screens, they start mm. getting rid of the the um, uh, the tubes. And then you'd get like this Philips TV, 18 months old, and he'd be like, "We there's nothing we can do. All we can do is replace the whole board. So, you know, parts then become harder to get hold of. You're not yeah. really doing anything clever because there's a point at which it gets so small that, you you know, you need different kit. Um, yeah. And, you know, the, the smaller and older, you know, that these really light, when you pick it up and your VHS machine weighs nothing. <laughs> it's yeah, like, there's like, <laughs> fuck all in there. So, so basically what we could do is we get replace one knackered one with another knackered one and really you know there's no there's just nothing to access to fix so this guy who's fixing apple phones he's also obviously invested in a load of kit that helps him take yeah. them apart yeah. and makes it easier to take them apart but mm. um but and allows you to get in because i'm i'm quite sure that you know, what used to be a, a, a broken solder joint or just, you know, a house that had cats and everything inside just bumped up with cat hair. Like so much of it was like, hoover it up, clean it up. Off you go, there you go. Resolder, send it back. I remember a time when it used to just sort of like take something apart and put it back together again and that kind of like fixed it yeah, somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, yeah. I just can't imagine that now. No, well, like CD players, most, a lot of the time, what all you had to do really was clean the lens with a cotton bud <laughs> and then clean the runners that the actual laser moved up and down on. And uh, loads of things were just like... Like, I mean, it's obviously the same thing that this guy Louis finding, but just on a on a different scale. Or like yeah. your, you know, your volume knob. Oh, my stereo is really crackly. Give it over here. Squirt, squirt. <laughs> WD forty. Wiggle, wiggle. Oh, look, I've repaired your, <laughs> I've repaired your stereo. That'll be money, please. So why do we why why is this happening? Like I I mean the assumption is the more you can wall off your garden 
the more control you have, the higher you can put the prices up for the specialist components you want. Because I remember, like, Apple, when, the, when they moved over to Intel Macs, I was like, I just love that they're using standard CPUs, like the yeah. same CPUs as everyone else. Now, instead of not even PowerPC, like, I'm sorry this is, if this yeah. is Greek to anyone, Very. but, like, they're not using the weird ones now. They're using the really mainstream ones. Um, they're using an operating system also, like, more than Microsoft, an operating system that's actually built on something that has some standards behind it, um, like OpenBSD. And, like, I just felt like they were embracing the right standards in a really good way. But then we've just seen over the years that they have... For whatever reason, like, for instance, like, instead of using Google Maps, now it's Apple Maps. You can blame Google for that. Fine. But, um, also, yeah, I guess the sort of competition means that people are more kind of grabby of their stuff. It's like before Google had their own phone, they were kind of fine to have their thing on Apple's phone. But then once they were in competition with them, they start, like, wanting to hold on to it. So that, that gets more bespoke. But that's, that's not really a hardware thing, but really more I'm talking about, like, now every Apple computer, every phone has this custom silicon, multiple custom chips in them. And there are good reasons for that. But moving away from standard components that you control the supply of is, of, you know, and they've always done it with cables and connectors. Yeah. But it's just... Um, it's... It's poison to repairability, right? But, yeah, I, but I, th I think there's, there's, um, I think one thing, one extra story that's current that we should mm. probably throw into the mix is the Sonos yeah. story about right. them basically no longer running software upgrades on there. So any early adopters kit that's probably pumping music through their whole house mm. is now. Bricked. It's not going to be given any more software updates. They have decided that it's going to cease to work, basically. They've decided it's too expensive. That's the statement they're making. And I think that's, uh, that's, that's worse than... Um, that's worse than not making it repairable in some ways. That's deciding, you know, that's plugging out, unplugging its life support system and going, do you know what, all these things that we've put out into the world, they're done. Um, There's, there is that, 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 and that's a very um, that's a very pertinent issue. Is that everything now runs on software, like cars, yeah. like everything, yeah, like, yeah, you, like yeah. mechanics can't fix cars because they, no. the computer's doing something. Yeah. Um, the fact that and software development is a tough business to be in. Especially as well, if you're doing that as well as hardware, there's not many good software developers out there in the world, <laughs> frankly. You know? no. It's kind of can explain a lot of what Sony's kind of, you know, demise on, you know, a lot of, you know, that's why Apple won on the iPod versus whatever Sony was doing was because Apple had the software and now it was a software game. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, for the idea, the idea that Sonos, which you know, they, they, it's supposed to be a luxury. It's an expensive, expensive. project product yeah. that you've, you've, you've spent a lot of money on. It. You've installed it in your house. It's like it's not something you can just even change easily, is it? Like it's I don't fitted. Think so. No, it's yeah. Um, and the idea that they're just going to give up. There's, but nothing's changed about that. There's no reason no. they couldn't support that hardware. No. no. Um, but then at the same time, like, why am I? Why? Why? Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm on this like computer upgrade cycle, 
which probably costs a corresponding amount of money. I, you know, I managed to go like five years without upgrading, but by that point, it was just impractical to keep using my old laptop. Like, we're, we're yeah, we're sort of, um, we're kind of used to having to upgrade certain things. And phone, like, you know. Yeah, but I think the cycle between upgrades is getting... Well, for me, the cycle between upgrade, you know, there was a stage definite where I was like, oh, look, I'm due an upgrade. Woohoo. And now I'm like, I, I, I really don't seek an upgrade now. But then my consciousness has changed slightly. So but yeah. I think um, but I think that the 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 answer to the to the question of why are things not repairable? Yes, there's this economic, this capitalist selling people more things. Mm. But I think also you, they've, there's the the impact the environmental impact the impact on rubbish the impact on landfill the impact on has not been a stakeholder at the table for mm. a very very long time mm. so it's like when people you know when people sell you um uh, I, I don't know when you if you if you're in a shop and you're choosing different foods things if if you're simply going on your perception of speed maybe you'll buy pre-grated cheese <laughs> in a bag yeah. and spend more money on it if your factor is this sort of perception of time yeah though you know grating cheese does not take very long it's but it's like though. but if you say okay well actually um i'm going to look at price then i might not buy the but if i then if i'm going to look at price i'm going to look at uh um time and i'm going to look at rubbish you know yeah. the more factors i add into my decision making the less likely i am to buy a small pot of pre-grated cheese um, and it's the same thing, like if Apple or if they're, you know, there's this whole thing about this objective being this sleek, this user experience, the tactile nature, smooth, no bumps, yeah. laser, blah, blah, blah. If that is your absolute focus, then of course, you're not going to give a stuff about fixing it. That's just mm. not a factor. But I just don't, you know, I just think that that factor cannot, can't be ignored for a minute longer, really. It's like, no. it's just led us into this whole, um, this pursuit of something. Did you, I don't know if you saw, I, I put this, I found somebody, I don't often do quotes on uh, mm. on social media, but somebody shared a Kurt Vonnegut uh, mm. quote, which was something like, you know, uh, his words are better, but it was basically, you know, I needed an envelope and my wife said, why don't you just go and order 100 envelopes on the internet? And he's like, I don't want to order 100 em envelopes. I only need one envelope because when I go out to buy my envelope, I might smile at a dog or see a laughing child or bump into a neighbour or, you know, my, my objective is not speed. He, he said that we're just animals on this planet to fart about and that's what makes us happy. Mm. And having these kind of like this perception of efficiency is just not Mm. I'm, I'm paraphrasing and mixing and everything, but <laughs> but basically it's like Apple's decided we all want a really smooth phone, so that's what they've been focusing on, and we've got sucked in. But actually, what we want is a livable planet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know about this uh, laughing child thing though. Like they're usually being horrible.
is doing this well? I have found Ooh. Teenage Engineering is a company that makes, started off making a synth. It's a little synth. I think they sort synth. of like, they, they kind of came on in the sort of 3D printing resolu- revolution and sort of like in sort of kind of small shop doing hardware, like really high quality hardware manufacturing in Sweden, I think. Um, I, they released this synth what in like i think i bought mine in 2011 and they unlike all the other music hardware companies instead of like creating a new version of it after two years it's been the same model the whole time and they've done these really brilliant software upgrades for it like they keep giving you new features for the synth it's been a little while now but like also i've repaired it twice like I had to go to iFixit, but like I got the part, like replaced the part, unscrewed it. I've actually no, I think I've actually repaired it three times now. Um, and it maybe cost this thing costs like a grand to buy now. So mm. and I've repaired it for a cost of maybe like fifty pounds each time. And they, so I think they're setting a really good nice benchmark precedent. for something yeah. that is quite what? sort of bespoke and small and micro, but they've yeah. made made it replaceable enough, you know. But, so the things that happen in your, so your synth and Sonos, this goes, Sonos mm. is relevant, I think. I mean, yeah. how much does the technology for pumping sound around change? Yeah, I know. Like, I mean. It's like, like we, we hit that, like, all I can think of is like streaming bandwidth type considerations, yes. but we hit all we need for that a long time ago. Like, sure. and if it's fine now, it's why would that? That's not going to change. No. It's not like they're going to bring in like suddenly all my music's going to be in multi-channel HD 4K surround sound. It's like no, the sound is the sound, and there's only a <laughs> limit like, to what you know. The, yeah, the, 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 there's a limit to the human frequencies human beings can hear. And exactly. Once you so hit fine. that, you're fine. So, um, so you know, I don't know what this Sonos upgrade can possibly be delivering. You know that that would that would mean that it's a good business decision because mm. they've had some big names complain about them now on Twitter, you know, Alan Cooper, right. <laughs> you know, like right. big, big UX usability, big followers, authors going. Come on. I mean, it could be like they want to support like some new streaming service and that streaming service is can only give them SDKs for some, like minimum version of some operating system but i don't know like you're just gonna have to figure it out guys like come yeah. on like you owe I, it to your customers to fid- figure it out you do i mean ditching uh, uh, and you know a couple of the complaints i've seen are things like so we're being punished for being the early adopters who persuaded mm. all our friends to buy sonos <laughs> yeah <laughs> thanks. Uh, thanks um but it's you know like there's no analogy where you where you bin off your old customers just because you you know you after some new ones, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know enough about why they've made the decision to know, but it yeah, seems like a, we could have researched like, that. But <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't want you to. Do I don't really care. I don't have Sonos. Uh, I viewed it as a, as a luxury item that I didn't prioritise in my personal budgets. Um, but then, but then, when it comes to programming, so going mm. back to your laptop upgrade cycle. Mm. I certainly have, I do have, I did upgrade my laptop uh, a few years ago, a couple of years ago, I don't know, primarily because, um, first of all, one reason was stupid, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, which was that my fan kept going off like crazy when we were recording the podcast. You remember mm. on my little 
uh, MacBook Air. So I thought, oh, I need more power. Mm. <laughs> so I've got more power. But now I realise that actually it depends what software I'm running. <laughs> so, mm. so I was stupid. But I um, wanted a bigger computer. I've just upgraded. Yeah. I don't know. Well, what I, I mean, did. my. I'm sort of like, because I make apps for Apple's platforms, I'm sort of like locked into... It's funny because my Michael, who I share the studio with, has just this week been making a Hackintosh in the next room and we've been talking a bit about that and he's been sort of showing me how you do it and it's like, so you can just buy, if you buy certain components that is quite well supported that you can sort of slot them in and kind of install Mac OS and you sort of have to be careful and certain things will be awkward. Sound is probably not going to be great all the time but like making, I was like, maybe I'd need to like, sort myself out a hackintosh rather than spending all that top dollar on a mac but what i was going to say was like like because i'm doing like ios development it's very hard for me to sort of be too behind the thing and because like now that apple have like they're moving everything over to metal which again is another standard that they've they've dropped the standard that everyone else was using that i was really happy they were using OpenGL and moved it over to metal which is their bespoke hardware blah 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 thing but the upshot of that is if i'm working on an app I couldn't look at certain things in the simulator because that wouldn't work. Yeah, this is the difference, though, between being the consumer of a product. Like, Mm. um, and these days I am very much a consumer of a laptop. I'm Mm. not, I don't make anything with it. Frankly, a browser, what I don't, but I enjoy having a nice screen. I enjoy, but I've now got an external monitor anyway that I use most of the time. But I, I am, I don't make anything everything Mm. i happen everything i do works on the web and i don't really need i could do with a much lower grade machine probably Mm. except for those few moments when i'm doing something a little bit more involved where i want some processing power you're Mm. different when it comes to laptop consumption it's the same with sonos you know like how much how much diff or or buying a new car i mean Mm. my van was made in 2003 it doesn't have air conditioning it doesn't have electric Mm. windows it doesn't have central locking do I need those things? I don't need them. They, there's certain moments when we're driving along mm. with the sun on the windscreen and we go, oh, air con. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. really you know, is diminishing returns with the upgrades. Totally. And my, like, and, my, and my van, Volkswagen, do continue to produce uh, spare parts. Or if they don't, someone else can. So I can mm. buy non-Volkswagen parts should I yeah. need them. But it's mine has no computerization <laughs> to speak of. <laughs> Nobody, no, a mechanic does not need a, a laptop to fix my van. And so, yeah. and then, you know, so it's, it's kind of a, um, and I know a lot of the fuel efficiencies and all this comes from the, the, the computering, the computering bits. Hmm. Um, so I'm not saying no to all of it, but as a, in a sort of, in a, there's a consumer point where you don't really need the latest version of things yeah yeah absolutely and and also and then it's that funny thing where that you're almost incentivized not to upgrade because you've got like my old laptop had usb ports sd card reader hdmi output this one doesn't i've got like three dongles hanging off it just to plug in my normal stuff like so they, they, they they need to they need to get away from this i know you can sell a thinner laptop but you've got to chill out with that like nobody needs their laptop to be any thinner anymore their hands are not changing size their heads are not changing size their legs their bags are not getting any bigger like stop with the stop with the making it thinner um you know it's not just apple it's not just there's loads of things where we're getting into this terrible habit of buying a new one like i've bought deliberately a dual lit 
toaster and kettle and part of their selling point is that they're repairable you can change right. the element in both of Brilliant. them um so really yes they're they are expensive and it was a bit of like how, how much mm. yeah, you pay <laughs> but, a premium but it's again it's like the shoe what? buying good shoes it's like you don't have to replace like, them after six months so you spend less so, overall that's and the, the goal and they isn't do, it yeah, and the dual it, they do an equally swanky looking kettle that's not repairable and it right. costs about the same. So I went for the repairable oh, version. Okay, it's like, you know, weird. it's that sort of thing of like, the, it will break, the heating element will go wrong. And in mine, mm. I can replace the heating element. And a yeah. heating element, again, is not technology that's changed enormously in the last yeah, yeah. hundred years. Do you, know, do you know, one of these things is like, often people have a slightly inflated sense of how much they're going to actually be able to repair something right? or fix something so if you put that on there as a selling point you can replace this part even if people don't like it's a no. commercial commercially a good idea yeah, to be yeah, able yeah. to sell it on that basis and um with environmental catastrophe this 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 needs to become much more of a mainstream like we had like environmentally friendly checklists like we need to take that to the next level and bring repairability into that um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'm just thinking about like as we sort of round up. Um, I'm thinking oh, yeah. about um, how I th how, like my how I, you know I made a video. My last YouTube video was kind of like covered a little bit like sustainable hardware production idea. And the thing that I've settled on like because to make electronics like stuff is really tiny now. Like the, and there's, there's yeah. no real way around it. And like part of what makes the stuff viable is that you can make it super small now. Um, what I really think the way forward it is, well, there's two, th it's like standard components. Like if there's any way we can start standardizing on these modules and mm. having them. So that means for someone like Apple, either you've got to make your thing an open standard that other people can start adopting, or you've got to start just letting other people buy the parts that you're making and incorporating them into their own technology. But uh, like, um, because yeah and this is a story i just wanted to throw in like you know, i got my amiga my commodore amiga from like the early 90s out recently and i was a bit worried that i wouldn't be able to use it because the mouse is so old and like the mouse buttons aren't very good the fact that i could just i opened it up standard <laughs> micro switches which I had a draw full of already because it's a standard component literally just desoldered the old one put the new one on fully working 25 year old mouse no problems <laughs> yeah, yeah, no yeah. weird electronics no like stuff yeah. in there i mean it's a one with a ball so like you've got to clean yeah. it once clean in a while, the ball but, yeah <laughs> but like standard like that stuff just used to have standard components in it by default like you could replace a capacity you can replace a micro switch you, you know you can replace these components but as people start creating these smaller and smaller and smaller things and there's this incentive to make them non-standard and bespoke because you want them to do a certain thing like that's where that's the real barrier to repairability to re being being able to replace those parts and you know the whole pc build your own thing where you could get like an arbitrary graphics card arbitrary motherboard windows would try and support all of it like you know and we know yeah, what yeah. doing that is like <laughs> like ubuntu like supporting all the different hardware it's not straightforward but it opened up this this world for a while where you know anything was possible and then we sort of went back to the sort of bespoke things and we got a better experience on some levels but we lost that you know interchangeability and the trouble is all these things are really hard to get right and you sort yeah, of yeah. feel like you've invested a lot of r&d into something <laughs> and 
uh, like, do you really want to hand over? I don't think anyone's handing over this stuff unless they're forced to. No. Like, we need some sort of new evolution of patent law, don't we, that sort of allows people to share their inventions without, while still, I guess that's what it is, isn't it? People incentivized not to reinvent the wheel all the time. Like, maybe a patent needs to be a bit less aggressive or something like a patent grants you a 10% like more profit on something than, you know, other adopters or something. Or you once you've recouped your R&D costs after that, like, you've got a share, you know, that kind of thing. Or, or seem, you know, or factor in the cost of the cost of not being able to upgrade or the cost of um, closing things down or, the co you know, like the, there's all of these things are, are, you know, it all goes back to what you're measuring. And if you're just mm. measuring growth and profit in your company, then yeah. that's all you're going to see. Whereas actually, if you, you know, the, the, the sharing it out, we know is a, certainly from a software perspective, we know produces a better well, not necessarily about your experience. <laughs> Careful now. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, like the... Uh... Anyway, we have to believe that that's the way forward. <laughs> Sharing. Open Sharing. source hardware, open source data, open, open source software. Just open like, it up and solve all, the like bigger Apple's, problems. So much of Apple's business is built on, like, open source stuff. So much of... And not like so much like, you know, it's the same with like the pharmaceutical industry is profiting from research that has been paid for by American taxpayers to a massive and absurd degree. Like all of this money, all of this research, all of this education of the people that you're employing, it's all connected into the same thing. So don't just try and like tie off a bit for yourself. Yeah. So be part of the wider system. When I was doing that research for Welcome and we talked about um, the cost of medicine, Mm. And one of the things that uh, big farm, you know, because the, 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 the cost of medicine is actually quite arbitrary and inflated, yeah, if yeah. you're to believe the anti-cost, the, the, the people that I was interviewing. And uh, he, one of the participants pointed out the fact that these pharmaceutical companies are benefiting from uh, investment in education that civil society does. So, yeah. you know, that all those biochemists went to school somewhere, yeah. went to university somewhere, yeah. and suddenly they're... So, you know, our taxes pay for their skills that then they just get all, you know, squirrelled so away. Someone just goes, that's mine. Yeah, that's yeah. mine. So and, this, this flow yeah. of value is very corrupt at the moment. Yeah. So, you know, it's all, it's all the same problem, isn't it? Yeah. Thanks for listening if you like the podcast go to grandpodcast.com and you can subscribe there or do it in the app that you're in where can people find you Ivanka people can find me at Ivanka on Twitter you can find me at michaelforestmusic.com or you can find me live probably right now at twitch.tv slash michaelforest and if you've got an Amazon Prime thing you can even like support that um, also something that I keep forgetting to mention is any time like Problems with Amazon aside, anytime I link to a book that we talk about on Amazon, I make that a, a referral link. So if you just click on one of our links to Amazon on your phone in the podcast description and then buy anything, 
we get a cut of that. So there's a way you can support us by for free. So if you want to do that, like if you want to, you know, if we mention a book, try and like go through the link that I've put down below and then we'll kind of like get a pound or whatever. So that's Ooh. another way you can help that I keep forgetting to mention. Yeah. It's also Patreon, grandpodcast.com slash Patreon. Wrong. Something, something or other slash something or other. <laughs> Just go there. <laughs> uh, what else is there? <laughs> um, it's very helpful if you write us some reviews, ratings. We love an email. We got some. We get some nice feedback. We get some good questions. Um, so if you're if you don't want to admit that you listen to the podcast and you're too shy to give us social proof in public, then please email us at hello at grandpodcast.com. Or if you know us, just email us and we'll share out the stories to each other because you know we're a sharing, caring kind of a duo. Aren't um, we though? Uh, but yeah, <laughs> for two hours every Friday anyway. <laughs> um. but, but but you know, tell your friends to subscribe. Or subscribe them secretly so that Do we it. get to see more downloads. Indeed. We don't need to if you listen or not. <laughs> Clog up their phone with megabytes. And, um, yeah, reviews, all that. Help the algorithm find us. And with that, thanks for listening very much. Thank and you we'll very see much. you next time. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.